Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Hyperbaric Reviews. With myself, the man who spent a bit too much time in his childhood obsessing over slot machine-looking things, it's bread roll. And the man with me is the man who is a little less viva Las Vegas and a bit more fear and loathing in Las Vegas, it's JT. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I don't think Las Vegas, I'm not that glamorous. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent is. Blackpool. There we go. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I've never been to Blackpool. <laughs> or or I Las Vegas. Shit <laughs> I've never been to either, so I can't compare. So apologies if anyone out there lives in either. I'm sure they're both lovely. So um, this week we are changing things up slightly and doing something a bit more modern. And we are, of course, reviewing Army of the Dead, which came out about a week ago at time of recording. Um, And it's kind of a horror movie, but I'm not actually sure if it is a horror movie. It didn't feel like one when I was watching it, but it is billed as a uh, a zombie horror movie, but obviously we're discussing a bit more detail our thoughts on that. Um, what's your initial kind of take on this one without really giving too much away? Um, I don't really know. It's yeah, it kind of is uh, a horror movie, but it's not scary in that respect, is it? It's an action horror, I guess. I don't know. Um, and like you say, it's completely the flip of what we've been doing because we've been doing 40 year old films and this is a week old. So Bang up to date. There we go. Who says we, we're not up to date, the hyperbaric goats? That's it. We're not as old-fashioned as we seem. And this movie, <laughs> um, it's quite interesting because obviously it's a Netflix movie, but it has been released in the cinemas as well. And it's a Zack Schneider movie. Now, personally, I like Zack Schneider. I've enjoyed most of the films of his I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. Um, he, he's one of those directors. He, makes, he can get away with making bloody long movies. I mean, Justice League was four hours. Like, he's competing with fucking Peter Jackson or... Um, What's his face? Who did The Irishman? Scorsese, isn't it? And he's seen who can make the longest movie at the moment. Seems to be. He's almost competing with Peter Jackson on the uh, gore scale with this as well, wouldn't he? For um, the couple of early Jackson films we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, he certainly was. I'll say one thing for Netflix. I mean, it's no, as we all know now, they certainly attract a lot of big name actors, but now they're starting to attract obviously some big directors, which is pretty cool. As we mentioned, Scorsese did The Irishman, which is obviously a massive movie when it came out like a year or so ago. Now getting Zack Schneider in. I mean, they've made a lot of new directors and a lot of new stars, but they're also obviously, they're attracting these big names. That still shows that they're, you know, they're throwing the cash around, aren't they? They're still a force to be reckoned with. They certainly are. And I mean, with everything that's gone on in the last year or so, I guess streaming's become huge, hasn't it? So, there's a lot of money to be ploughed into it. There's a lot of money coming back out of it for Netflix and the like. Do you think for directors like Schneider and um, like Scorsese and stuff, do you think Netflix has that certain appeal because there's less like, I don't know, red tape or anything. There's less of this, you know, make your movies all like PC and 12A and everything. You know, you can pretty much make your movie as full on as you want for Netflix instead of obviously having to worry more about the box office. That's got to be an appeal if you're a director to have a bit more free reign, isn't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. Like you say, I never really thought of it like that, but that's a good point. You are sort of allowed to take the reins off as such, aren't you, and sort of go for it a bit more and not worry about, I mean, not worry about who's going to see it. It's completely up to the the adults in the house if their kids see it. I mean, I wouldn't let my kids see something like this, but yeah, I I totally get you. Cool, right. So the movie, it's got quite a big cast, but only about, a handful of them I recognise. I mean, obviously, the, the big star himself is obviously, my God, Steve Batista, <laughs> ex-WWE star, you know, not wearing spandex this time, but he's he's actually done really well for himself since leaving WWE. He's become a pretty good actor. Um, obviously, he's not as big 
as The Rock. But I'll tell you what, speaking of big, there's some pretty muscly blokes in this movie, and they're not being funny, but there's some fucking yeah, large guys. Yeah. And Dave, Dave Batista's gone down the old Phil Collins route, hasn't he? But he's a little bit better than the, <laughs> the dude from Killer Condom a couple of weeks back, which we keep harking back to. I don't know why. It's fucking terrible. But yeah, yeah no, no, I never want to see it again, <laughs> but I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very good in this, Dave Batista, isn't he? It's kind of a role almost made for him, really. I mean, but I think he, he's got some emotional scenes with his daughter, which we'll probably come on to. And I thought he, he played it really well. The, obviously, he's the tough guy, but he's got an emotional side as well. And I thought his acting was pretty good in this. I think he's actually a really good actor. He's certainly a better actor than he was a wrestler. I didn't mind him back in the day, but yeah, he was never one of my favourites when I used to watch it. I'd say he's a better actor than Dwayne Johnson. I mean, Johnson's obviously Mr. Moneymaker, and he's like one of the most highly paid actors of the modern day. But I think, I think Batista he is. I think he's act. the most. I think he's the highest paid, or he was last year or the year before. Um, he's all, he almost parodies himself, doesn't he, Dwayne Johnson? He's, he, he knows he's not great, so he kind of takes the piss out of himself with a lot of his roles. Yeah, well, it makes him his money, doesn't it? Like, he knows what his, like his audience is. He knows his skill. Yeah, I like him. I think, you know, I enjoyed him when mm. he was wrestling. I think he's really entertaining. Like, he's the modern-day Arnie, really, isn't he? Or, like, the closest equivalent yeah. of. But, like say, he's, his movies are good, and he's a hard guy. You can't not like him, because he's just such a, a funny, entertaining guy. Yeah, he is. I mean, as you know, I'm, I was never into wrestling, but obviously I was fully aware of him being a wrestler. But, yeah, I, I like him, and I thought Dave Batista was good in this. And, again, I've got no wrestling connections with him. I only really know him as a, an actor and he's not really been in much I've seen because I don't really watch it, but he's those sort of films. But I thought he was good in this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's take a look at the, the movie itself. So it opens up, there's a few little twists and turns and hints or Easter eggs in this movie that kind of keep you guessing. I'm quite glad I watched it on the, fr- so last Friday when it came out, so it's nearly a week old. And I'm glad I've had a bit of a, a few days to reflect on it instead of recording because there was a few bits that kind of made you think of it. I don't know if you feel the same. Well, I only watched it last night, so I'm at the total up, up the other end of the scale. So this could be quite interesting. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> so the movie starts off. There's like a like a military convoy coming out of or they're around like Nevada, Las Vegas area, having their haul in some big container or something. Um, and at the same time, there's like these newlyweds as well. And they're like driving in the sort of like towards this convoy unknowingly. And this convoy is kind of talking like they got this like precious cargo. And then they're hinting that they got it from Roswell or there could be like, you know, it could be an alien. They don't know what they're actually hauling at the moment. It's all top secret. So the old married couple, they're obviously having a good time and abiding by the rules <laughs> of the road. She obviously pops down, say hello to the little man. <laughs> Um, and he's enjoying himself while he's driving. They end up crashing into the convoy, which causes an explosion. The military guys are all like, oh, bugger me, what just happened here? And then some <laughs> big fucking gnarly thing comes out of the container, some big bloke, and starts eating people. <laughs> i tell you what, that wasn't the kind of explosion that dude was expecting, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite no. funny, though. I mean, obviously, you can tell it's coming, because none of them are looking at the road. You've got the fucking army guys driving this massive truck, heavily armoured truck, they're both looking at each other, not looking at the road. He's obviously getting a, getting his fucking bits noshed on, so he's not looking <laughs> at the road. <laughs> so it was just a fucking disaster waiting to happen, wasn't it? <laughs> like a nosh, is such a fucking the term noshed off. I doubt anyone ever in like English people probably even know what that means, but I'm sure you can guess by the tone of the movie. Yeah, but he's getting she's getting half a snitzel. 
for a dinner. <laughs> yeah, it was just a disaster waiting to happen, really, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so um, this fucking massive bloke, he looks like Pete Steele, um, <laughs> bless him. <laughs> um, he, like, bites these people and they all come back to life. And then there's, like, this shot, and I think, think it's a pretty good shot, actually. They sort of go up over this crest and they're looking down on Las Vegas. And then we get, like, this crazy montage intro which i thought was really good but it is mm. ruined by a really shit cover of viva las vegas the song um but this whole montage like you see like them attacking vegas and everyone's turning into zombies and then you see like how they sell these containers up like big like storage containers and stack them high building a wall around vegas to contain it and that's where you kind of introduced the big dave batista and his team, like, rescuing the survivors and trying to fight off the zombies. And I think, as an intro goes, this one's pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. It's um, it's pretty much the trailer of the film, I thought, but obviously made into the intro, or they made the intro into the trailer. Um, it's pretty full-on. There's loads of gore, there's loads of fucking action and stuff while the titles are rolling. Normally, titles are quite boring. You sort of look away and eat your popcorn or whatever you're doing. Or get a nosh on, maybe. But um, this was um, this was had me glued to the screen. The titles I thought they were excellent. Um, loads of fucking gore, almost on a brain dead level. It's pretty full on. One thing as well, just going back to when um, when they have that crash and stuff, the army guys obviously don't know what's in the crate and it's it's open. They've got a woman, I'm assuming their commander or whatever, on the radio, and she's like, "Don't go near it. Just fucking get away from it. Get everyone who's alive away from it." She's properly panicking, and the guy in charge he's like right we need to get away from it he's all pretty fucking blase about it and sort of ambles away and then they all die so again they got what was that what they deserved i think yeah no i agree that he was like as cavalier as you like wasn't and even like when they see this this big fucking hulking guy he's like the king zombie let's just call him um he's eating a few people and he's been shot and not going down. So he grabs like one of his companions and they kind of, he was injured, but they, he drags him over the hill and they fall down. Then they just start laughing and joking. It's like, Oh, I guess we yeah. can walk from it. It's like, dude, he's fuck like, off. If I'd have just seen that, I'd be <laughs> shitting myself. He's like, I think we're far enough away now. And then they hear him. Oh, we can still hear him, but they don't start running again. Do they, they just sort of casually walk away? Yeah. Yeah. Like you say, they fucking, they deserve what they get really. But yeah, this, yeah. um, this intro is like, gory as hell and i swear like schneider must have played something like dead rising before he did this because you got like <laughs> that the big dude and he's got the big like circular saw and he's like yeah. chopping up all these fucking zombies with about 20 pints of blood spraying all over the place with everyone yeah dead rising that's what it reminded me of the, the weapon kind of reminded me of gears of war with the chainsaw obviously that's attached to a rifle whereas this isn't but yeah um dead rising you're right i couldn't think yeah that's spot on yeah one thing that Rachel pointed this out, and once she did it, it fucking annoyed me the rest of the movie. They're obviously they're zombies, as far as we know, or zombie-ish, but they're all very kind of tidy-looking. Like, when you're seeing the <laughs> montage, the zombies are attacking people. Like, all the people that turn into zombies, they're all kind of, like, whole. They don't have bite marks or, like, missing pieces or anything from mm. them. They're all just kind of, like... If you watch something like The Walking Dead, which, yeah, I know as a program is shit, but special effects-wise, has always been really, really good. Like, their zombies look really kind of, like decaying and manky there's all the zombies yeah. in this like at one point there's like a woman running down a corridor and she's got obviously her jalala bads out because she's a stripper <laughs> and like she's turned into a zombie but there's no fucking bite mark to be seen on her it's like so how the hell did you turn into a zombie do you just think it would be fun to do it yeah that's a good point they're like hollywood zombies aren't they they've been through makeup you know after they've turned yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah good point there yeah, well well um, spotted rachel 
Uh, speaking of Hollywood, I don't know if you noticed this, but a couple of the scenes in the movie looked quite blurry, but like by design. And mm. over the last week, I've seen that there is actually an issue. Um, one of the cameras he was using was broken, so there was actually dead pixels throughout the movie, and they just kept it in there, which I thought, okay. you know, it's a bit, a bit silly. But yeah, there were times where there were shots where I thought, man, this looks really out of focus or it looks wonky. But apparently, yeah, they had faulty equipment when they were making it and just couldn't be bothered to change, obviously, whatever they needed to change. Wow. That's, that's pretty pretty amazing. So they had quite a big budget. There were a few scenes I noticed where they were using the, the camera blur in the background. So you just had the main two characters in focus and the background was completely blurred out. But obviously that was intentional. They used that a lot in the um, Sabrina TV series and it really got on my tits at first. And then I sort of got used to it. Yeah, it's not a, a camera shot I'm a big fan of really. Like I can understand obviously toning it down slightly because obviously you want to focus on the foreground. But yeah, th- those scenes were irritating. And then there was also the dead pixel parts as well. So over and all, it's a bit of a blurry movie. You know, I didn't notice that. That's quite interesting. Um, so from there, we then kind of cut to, I want to, it's all modern day, but obviously this has happened like months or so ago. I know Big Dave, he's in some restaurant and he's flipping burgers, not doing too well for himself. And then... Um, Looking like Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> ever since you sent me that picture, like, he does actually look like Phil Collins on steroids in this movie. Yeah, yeah, just a pumped up Phil. But we, we'll call him Dave, not Phil, because we ended up going through that fucking other one, just calling him Phil Collins all the way through it. That's right. Yeah, to make it um, to make it sound like we actually know what we're doing. His name in the movie is Scott Ward, but we'll just call him Big Dave because it works. <laughs> um, so in comes Mr. Tanaka. Now this guy's played by a guy whose name I'm about to butcher, uh, Hiroyuki San Sanada. And this dude, despite the fact that I can't pronounce his name, has been in fucking tons of movies. I've seen him in so much, and I don't want to pull the race card or anything, but he's almost like Hollywood. Whenever they need like a token Japanese guy, he seems to be <laughs> the one they always hire, which is not a bad thing, because he always delivers in all his movies, but he fucking turns up in everything. I, I didn't recognise him, but it's not to say I haven't seen him before. Maybe because he hasn't got a massive part in this, has he? Pops up a couple of times. Offers a oh, Big Dave $200 million. Don't need to do the job for him, which is not a bad little pay pack, seeing he's like fucking working in the burger joint. Yeah, right. <laughs> bit funny though, like, I know they've got to make him look a bit run down, and he can pull it off. Like, I think, like we said earlier, Dave is a good actor, and he can pull this bit off, but even so, he does look a bit ridiculous, doesn't he? Stood behind that <laughs> counter sort of thing. Like, the fucking burger flipper looks like a bit of Lego in his hand, because he's so fucking big. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually wrong. It's not 200 million he, he offers him, is it? It's 50 mil. There's 200 million in the vault. He asks him to... um get out and it's 50 mil he offers big dave which yeah still isn't bad you're not going to turn your nose up to it although i don't know the job isn't exactly the best in the world is it yeah it's kind of a make or break isn't it sort of thing um job but yeah he offers him he says put together a team get your ass into las vegas because they're gonna um they're dropping a bomb on it in like three days they're gonna nuke it from orbit that um, made me laugh actually so i cut in there just while it's on, the, on my mind so he says they're dropping a bomb. They've got 96 hours to get in and get out. And he's like, I'll give you the night to think about it. So there's fucking 12 hours wasted straight away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's just something you'd be like, no, I need an answer now, you know. Yeah. Have, have, have your lunch break and let me know at the end. Um, so, yeah, obviously Dave accepts the job. And then we kind of, we see a flashback before, I think before he accepts. And it, like, it's him killing what you assume is his wife, isn't it? Like his, um, his daughter's in the... yeah bed in like the bathroom hiding his wife's turned into it or his girlfriend at least is turned into a zombie so he has to put her down and i thought that bit 
like, again, like the emotion on his face as he was putting the knife into her and stuff was really pretty good. Yeah, it was. He um he puts it in the top of her head, doesn't he, and just sort of pushes it in. And this is typical Zack Snyder though. It's fucking slow mo. Like he loves his slow mo, doesn't he? Oh, he, he fucking does. Like <laughs> for anyone who's watched his version of the Justice League, the four hour one, that movie would be an hour. If we didn't have so much <laughs> slow fucking mo, and it is it's almost stupid how much slow mo is in that. It makes Michael Bay movies look like real time, and he's fucking shit for slow mo as well. <laughs> I haven't watched it actually. I do want to watch it, and everyone knows I'm not a fan of long films, but I will watch it in the sections that you've mentioned that you can watch it in. I mean, this is two and a half hours long, and when I put it on last night, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? But obviously, we'll come to my thoughts at the end. I think this movie does kind of move along at a good pace, but it'll mm. be interesting to see like what you think. But I didn't feel like it was two and a half hours long when I was watching it because it's a quite a straightforward plot. So he now he just goes around assembling his team of like fucking <laughs> a complete odd squad, isn't it? So like, if you want like the yeah. most fucking weird eclectic group of characters, you know they're all going to turn up in this one. You got some fucking YouTuber. It looks like he's got a pack of super noodles on his head. You got some. <laughs> <laughs> you got some fucking weird. Camp German guy. Um, oh, safe cracker, Dieter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dieter, that's the name. Yeah. I liked him. You've got um, also um, the pilot who reminded me of Lambert from Alien for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's funny you should say that because there's also the guy with the super noodles on his head. He brings along one of his friends who's pretty much Vasquez. Yes, actually, you're right. And I, I thought she was quite hot, I have to say. But yeah, I but in practically. Back in the day. <laughs> that's true yeah but she's she dresses up really impractical because she's got these massive fucking pat butcher hoop earrings on <laughs> but you don't wear that into a fucking combat zone do you what happens if a zombie sticks his finger through yank your ear off or something stupid that is true but yeah <laughs> yeah I, I did quite like her though yeah H- Hoosman is not something the youtubers called you sort of get a shot of him sort of taking out zombies on youtube going yeah we got like 10 million views or something he, he's a bit of a fucking bit of a lad isn't he for want of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, he's obviously he... a bit full of himself, but he's a crack shot in it because you see him like mm. he's popular on YouTube because he like does like GTA style like fucking quadruple headshots in like yeah, three yeah. seconds on these zombies. So they're taking him in because he's obviously a, a bit of a marksman. Yeah, I mean Dave offers them all different amounts of money. I think he offers the uh, mechanic and um Frank, isn't it? I think he offers them fifteen mil each, isn't it? And then he sort of dishes the the rest out between them. I think he offers a YouTuber half a mil. I think Safecracker two hundred k. So they're they're getting the dregs of the money, really. Although again, yeah. not to be sniffed at, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably know some of them are just doing it for the ego, aren't they? And you've got mm. there's a few others in there, but then you've got um, a guy called Martin, just got the plainest name in the whole movie. He's played by a guy called Garrett uh, Dillahan, who's been in quite a few things, and he's kind of working for Mister uh, Tanaka. Wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. So he's like kind of going in to watch after Tanaka's interests in this one. He's a bit of a an unknown entity, and then they also recruit someone called the Coyote, who I thought was a pretty cool character. Her real name for the character is Lily, but she's just referred to as the Coyote, and she's kind of a bit of a mercenary. People pay her to break them into Vegas so they can crack a safe or you know rob a slot machine and get out again, and that's kind of how she's been making a living. Yeah, she was pretty cool, I thought. Um, and it's like another montage now of them all sort of getting their shit together and getting getting all ready to, to go into Vegas. And um, there's a really good cover of Bad Moon Rising playing. It's by Thea Gilmore. And it's um, awesome, I thought. A really good cover, although it's not on Spotify for some reason. 
But um, yeah, I really like that music. I had to um, rewind it, listen to it again, and then find out what it was. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that because I've got here in my notes. Like a lot of Zack Schneider movies, the soundtrack is good, but I felt for the most part, you're right, this is actually a good version. But for the most part, I thought the covers in this movie were shit, especially that Viva Las Vegas oh, one the at Viva the start. Las Vegas I thought it was one, fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah, that was shit. There's not a massive amount of music in it. There's only four or five songs because I actually looked out the soundtrack and I was like, oh, there isn't actually that much music in it. But that um, Bad Moon Rising cover I thought was awesome. I really like that. Sweet. Probably cheaper to get covers for your movie, isn't it? Because if you had to pay the royalties for an Elvis song, it's probably yeah, a bit more than... Fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, he's got his team together and he's pretty much talking to Tanaka saying, yeah, right, this is this is the plan. We've now got like 24 hours, oh, 48 hours or something. But then we also see... I think I've got my notes. 32 hours 32. I've got here. Uh, again, I could be wrong. They haven't got long anyway. <laughs> but then we also get introduced separately to... Now, I don't know if she's actually his daughter or if she's the daughter of his girlfriend that he had to kill mm. when she turned into a zombie. But one way or the other, they've got a bit of a father-daughter thing going on. Now, she's working in, I don't know, was it like a refugee camp? Well, Something just outside the wall, isn't it, where they just I didn't, got yeah, I, I didn't really get what this was either. They're sort of there in these tents in, like you say, a refugee camp, and they're being guarded by this twat who is actually has quite a big part in the film. Um yeah, I didn't really know why they were there. They were just sort of there, but not really explained why. For, well, for me, anyway. Um, and she reminded me of um, Lauren Mabry, the singer from Churches. She really looks like her. Shit, she does, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She does. Um, that guy you mentioned is actually played by Theo Rossi, and the movie is called Burt Cummings. But hmm. I can never take this guy seriously because he's one of those actors. You know, when you watch a movie or you watch a show, and it's the first time you're introduced to an actor and you kind of always associate them with a particular character from then on. Yeah. Yeah. He played a guy called Juice in Sons of Anarchy. And once you've seen him play Juice, you just can't take him seriously. Especially when he turns up with that stupid little moustache and his fucking sleazy little grin in this. You just can't see him because he's trying to be a badass in this and you just can't see it because once you see him play Juice, you can never really take him seriously. But he's a right slimy little git in this one. Yeah, you mean... Well, we'll come to what happens to him, but he is annoying in this. Obviously, he's meant to be annoying, so it kind of works. Um, we sort of get a little bit of sort of not backstory or anything on the characters, but we find out the old safecracker Dieter's never killed a zombie before. Uh, everyone else, obviously, they're they're pretty hot shots and they've they've been out there and done shit. But he's kind of like the wet wipe almost, isn't he? He's there just because he knows how to crack the safe. Obviously, not for his um, marksman skills or anything. Yeah, and he is. Um... He's a good character, but he's stereo. Mm. He's about as stereotypical <laughs> camp German as you can get, isn't it? Like he should be off, like in fucking Dusseldorf, selling pastries or something. Like he's, <laughs> he's so fucking stereotypical, but he is a great character. I, I, I thought he was quite funny. Um, yeah. I thought he might annoy me at first, but he actually ended up being a pretty good bit of comic relief. Yeah, I liked him. Um, I thought he was good. Uh, we get more slow mo now as well when the older, uh, I can't remember his name. The, the guy goes through the plan with them all and it, it sort of shows what they've got to do and we get some more Zack Snyder slow-mo, don't we? We do, yeah. This is where the film stretches out a bit. And it's it's pretty good because you know what this is doing. It's obviously setting up the best laid plan and how it's all going to work and you know things are going to go tits up and it isn't going to go this way, but they're kind of... Tanaka's taking him through it, isn't he? Like a bit of montage. Yeah. Tanaka. Um, Sorry, I couldn't remember his name. No, that's cool. And then his... Uh, Big Dave's daughter ends up joining the team because she's got a friend who works in the wall with her who 
wanted to go in. I can't remember her reasons why, but the coyote took her in no, and she didn't why. make it she's, back out. She's got two kids, isn't she? And she just leaves them and goes in. And that's obviously why Kate, his daughter, wants to go and get her because she's left her two kids, which actually was quite a sad scene when she goes into the tent and the two kids are there on their own. Obviously, having a kid of my own, I was like, fuck, that's actually quite heartbreaking. But yeah, I don't know why she went there in the first place. There didn't seem to be a point. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I think she might have wanted to go in, um, like I say, to try and steal some money herself, obviously, because mm. she's just a refugee, it appears. Um, but yeah, I've, I've forgotten. There probably was a point there. But we're professional and we forget these things. I'll tell you what, though, just going back to the fact we don't really know what that refugee camp is. So Dave says to his daughter, Kate, I don't want you to do it. No, you're not going to do it. And then in the end, they sort of, he says, right, OK, you can come, but don't leave my sight and everything. Then she turns up in a bus, doesn't she, to pick them all up at the camp. And I'm like, I don't really understand what's going on at this point. Did I miss something again there? Am I just being thick? Yeah, that whole sequence was kind of, it felt a bit kind of mushed in. Because all they wanted to yeah. do, basically, was get to the point where um, Kate Ward. Um, oh, yeah, she must be his daughter. Because, yeah, Dave teases yeah, Scott Ward, Ward and she's yeah. listening as Kate Ward. Oh, yeah, she must be his daughter. But basically... And not being funny, if you were Big Dave in this situation, you would not allow her. I'd fucking tie her up somewhere, but she ends up obviously <laughs> joining the team and coming in with them. Um, I don't know how old she's supposed to be. How old do you reckon she's supposed to be? at least teenage, early 20s, isn't she? I don't know. I don't know how old she is supposed to be in this film. Yeah, it's weird because of the way she behaves. But like one minute she's acting like a spoiled like brat, like you say, <laughs> like a teenager. Then obviously she's acting like she's like in her 20s or something. So <laughs> at least some they're obviously a bit estranged from each other, which Big Dave thinks is because of Obviously, him having to kill her mum, which you find out a bit later, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, it's just seemed like a bit of a long-winded hash job, which is getting to the point of having her join the team. Yeah, that's what it weird. just seemed to be. Yeah, and like I say, she just sort of turns up in the bus and picks them all up. And I'm like, so you're in this camp and it's supposed to be guarded and stuff, but now all these guys are there and I don't really know what the connection is. But there we go. Yeah, and then it's Coyote who says, oh, we need to bring old um, Theo Rossi along for her own reasons, which we'll find out in a second. But I thought that was a good yeah. reason, actually, because I was like, she's like, we need one more. And I thought, why one more? What What's that going to do? And obviously, like you say, we'll come to that in a minute. I was like, ah, when we find out why. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good little um, twist. I thought they're just bringing her along to be like an annoying little shit, like yeah, almost another comedy character. But yeah, there's yeah. actually a good point to this bit. But I just think that, um, I don't know about you, but there just seem to be too many characters. Like there's yeah. just a massive cluster of them. And I felt like not a lot of these, even though the movie's bloody long, mainly because of <laughs> fucking slow motion, but it's like, there seems to be a big group of characters going in to do a small job. And their evac is to escape from an emergency helicopter. That's still atop the hotel that they're going to get the safe from. And it's like, you've got about 10 people <laughs> plus you're expecting to obviously get like 200 million or whatever the fuck it is in cash onto this yeah. poxy little helicopter and fly out. Like, it's not going to happen, is it? No, just just cannon fodder, aren't they? That's, they obviously, for, for two reasons, for the sake of the film, they obviously needed to kill quite a few people off. And obviously, if you were Dave, you're probably thinking, right, some of these people aren't going to make it, so let's get as many people as I can, because probably only two or three of us are going to get out. But yeah, there, there is a lot of them. They wouldn't have all fitted in that chopper anyway, so crew expendable, I would say. Yeah, yeah, good shout. So now they're they're all kind of assembled and geared up, um, just about. Even though what's her face with dopey earrings, and they go into um they go into Vegas. They go in through the like shortcut of Coyote Nose, and this is quite a clever bit because this is where she's like, 
we need to play by their rules because you guys were here when this kicked off, but a lot's changed and obviously hints that things aren't quite, they're not just shambling zombies. And you see like loads of like husks and she's like, they are alive, but because it's really hot at the moment, they're asleep. But if it rains, they'll reanimate them and they'll come back. So we just need to ignore them. Then she shoots her Theo Rossi in the leg, doesn't she? And she's like, oh, this yeah. is an offering. So um, we, it'll buy us some good faith. So she shoots him and like drags him off and ties him up. And then these two fucking, I don't know what they're supposed to be. Like one of them is dressed up like a queen almost. Zombie, zombie witch, I've sort of called her. Because, yeah, she's like a crazy, I don't know, there was a Buffy episode once where she met this like weird fucking thing in the desert. And it reminded me of that. But that's quite niche, I guess. Yeah, no, I know you're a massive Buffy fan. Maybe that was a nod to it. You know, he's obviously drawn a bit of inspiration all over the place, hasn't he, for this one? Yeah, possibly. Um, it's just what she reminded me of. And yeah, so there's her, and then there's another big, like, fucking zombie thing, and they're kind of prancing and almost communicating, but not speaking. And they um, grab old Theo Rossi and drag him off somewhere. And then Coyote hints that, you know, they control the kind of the inner area. You know, they 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 kind of got like a hive mentality. They're they're coordinated. They're not just mindless zombies. So they need to go around the outside to get to where they need to. And there's also this big fucking zombie tiger walking around, and he's the only one who looks like someone's munched on him. But like he's like all like half decayed. He looks zombified, but everyone else kind of all the other zombies just look kind of like fancy dress to my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I did like that tiger. Though. I thought it was cool. Obviously, it's in the trailer as well, so you, it wasn't a surprise when it came. So sort of, I I didn't think it was going to be. At the start, I thought that might have been almost like a boss battle, if that makes sense, towards the end. But the tiger sort of roams around throughout the film, doesn't it? He is, yeah. He's Because um, at first I thought, I wonder if that tiger is actually one of the zombies or if he's kind of still his own thing. Like, is he going to help hmm. the humans? Is he going to, you know, what's he going to do? I thought he had a bit of a part to play. So the little tease, the couple of times that you see him building up to that, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> One thing, though. You know, obviously, you say Coyote knows her way into Vegas. It's all supposed to be heavily guarded and shit, and you can't get in there. She just opens the door of a crate and wanders in, doesn't she? It's not fucking hard yeah. to get in there. <laughs> I thought, well, ain't that heavily guarded? She just wanders in by opening a fucking door. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought there was going to be like some fucking secret tunnel or something yeah. going on here. Um, but yeah, like you say, she just fucking strolls in. It's like, well, yeah, top secret guards. <laughs> They're about as good as a fucking Tesco security guard, aren't they? <laughs> when she old. Uh... She ties old matey boy up as well, whose name totally escapes me. Um, the one they just sacrificed for the zombies. She calls him a, a C-word, doesn't she? And a rapist. She properly fucking lays into him because he's been a total dick at the camp to all the women, hasn't he? Like, leching on him and stuff, which is why she took him, obviously, to sacrifice him. Yeah, because he was greasing all over old um, Big Dave's daughter, wasn't he, at one mm. point at the start yeah, and everything. But, yeah, so obviously she got him, shot him for being an asshole or a C word as she puts it. <laughs> um, but also just obviously to give his character a bit more because he gets dragged off and we kind of see inside, I can't remember which hotel it is. I think it's the Olympus, isn't it? Where the zombies yeah, are. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. We kind of, we see in there. Um, Cause that's where people get dragged off to when they go missing apparently. And that's when the smart zombies come out and we see Theo Rossi's character he gets dragged in. And then this big motherfucker from the start of the film, he turns up. And he, I don't even know really what's going on here because he kind of throws him into this like empty swimming pool that's just got yeah. bones. Then all the zombies jump in. And you think they're going to eat him, but they don't. They just kind of lift him up like they're saying happy birthday. <laughs> they start dancing around, away. don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
No, I didn't know really what was going on there. I thought, yeah, exactly that. They chuck him into this old, empty, fucking dusty, horrible swimming pool, and I thought, oh, he's a goner. And then they just sort of start worshipping him almost. I thought, oh, that's a bit strange. But there we go. <laughs> it is odd, yeah, because I think, I don't know if it's done by design, obviously, to make people think a bit more, but there are parts of this film, this being one of them, it's like, I kind of want to see what's going on here, because I don't, when you're watching a movie, you're like, right, I don't actually understand what this scene's telling me or trying mm. to tell me. It gets annoying, doesn't it? You kind of, you don't yeah. want your your hand held all the way through the movie, but you kind of want enough to let you know, like, okay, I get this. But you don't really see anything happening. It's just like, you know he's going to come back inevitably later because you haven't seen him die on screen, but it's just like, mm. I don't know what this movie, this part of the movie is trying to tell me. No, I mean, the, the big old zombie bites his arm, doesn't he, before he chucks him into the pool. And then they kind of just all fuck about <laughs> so yeah it was a bit strange so yeah now we're um we move on we come we're back with obviously big dave and his team and they they find where they roughly need to get into an old coyote says you've got to go again you got to go a certain way in um to stay out of the sight of the the clever zombies so they're in this it's quite a tense scene but i didn't mm. get much atmosphere from it i don't know about you but there's all these zombies and they're in this corridor and it's quite packed and they're all kind of like just stood there, frozen. And Coyote says, oh, they're kind of sleeping at the moment, so we need to be really quiet. And um, you can't shine the light in their eyes, otherwise they'll wake up and then we'll be fucked, basically. So Big Dave, he's like, oh, I'll light us away because he's obviously the smallest guy to sneak through, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, send him <laughs> first. Crawling around. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he kind of like builds, like weaves his way through them and he's dropping glow sticks to light the route. And old Vasquez, she's having an argument with Martin, who's Tanaka's guy, and she thinks, no, you're here to screw us over. I don't trust you. So he's ahead of her, and he tosses one of the lights, because she's the last person. He tosses one of the lights in a different direction to lead her off, um, which she follows. So she gets separated from her team, and then all the zombies start to wake up, which you knew was going to happen. So she's desperately fighting. All the rest of them are running. He locks the door behind her so she can't get through. But then as they're out in this big corridor, she bursts through this big glass window all dramatically as a big showdown in the fight with some zombies. But ultimately, she does die, which I thought was a little bit of like, you just faked her death only to have her die a minute later. Yeah. That's a little bit pointless. I was a bit sad for obvious reasons. But she does, she does have a Vas- Vasquez moment, doesn't she? Because it's almost like the let's rock in Aliens. She starts firing copious amounts of ammo into these zombies and takes loads out. Um, then that's before he, she gets locked into the room and then she gets a pistol out and takes a few more and then when she dies she actually blows herself up doesn't she all the zombies jump on top of her and she just pulls a grenade and just blows herself up and I thought fuck me you are Vasquez yeah yeah and again I wonder if that was actually a deliberate nod because even with like the bandana like you say the kind of Latina look the tomboyish attitude and stuff I mean she's a pretty cool character even though she's not in it that much um, mm. despite her dopey earrings. But yeah, like you said, that is pretty much a, fucking, uh, pretty much a Vasquez ending as well. I didn't think about that. Well, I thought even the, the noise her gun made sounded like when Vasquez starts firing off that fucking huge thing in Aliens. It almost had the same sound. I reckon it must have been some kind of thing to her. It must have been. I don't know. Do you reckon, Maybe she, do you reckon she had complete... a stun double holding her hand? Holding her gun, <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. She, she might have done. <laughs> it might be complete coincidence, but I don't know. It just seemed a bit too much of a coincidence to me. But yeah, unfortunately, she she was the first to cop it, apart from older matey boy earlier, who's not actually dead yet. Yeah. So um, obviously that indicates that Martin is obviously 
in case there was any doubt, even though it's fucking obvious, he's a bit of a sleazy man, Mr. Corporate. He's got something up his sleeve. He's fucking Burke, isn't he? Let's be honest. I know we always go back to Alien Aliens. He's Vasquez, he's Burke. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it is pretty good the way like the rest of them can't try to obviously save her because her buddy, obviously, old super noodle hair, he's like, <laughs> and he's like trying to save her and he's like taking down a load of them as well. But as soon as she starts being bitten, it's kind of like that knowing look. It's like, right, I'm mm. going down. I'm going to fuckers with me it's like i say she just yanks a pin off of a grenade and away she goes yeah he's properly gutted but you would be i guess um speaking of super noodle hair i don't know when it is in the film i don't think i've got it in my notes but at one point old fucking i'm sure it's dita the safe cracker goes you've got amazing hair or something doesn't he he <laughs> does yeah. him on his hair and i'm like really it's fucking awful <laughs> yeah yeah no, i mean i'm not exactly in with the fashion these days but yeah i just i couldn't this guy's hair just looks fucking stupid <laughs> yeah. i'm not being funny the way it, like flapping over his fucking eyes now it's like come on you're in a combat situation put a fucking tie your hair back so you can see yeah definitely mate yeah <laughs> so they kind of they fight their way from there and they end up basically where they need to be in this big fucking foyer of whatever hotel it is and the safe's below them so big dave's like, all right we need to set our perimeter he sends dita and his um his number two i think it's vander Vanderho or Vanderhe? Fra- yeah, it? Frank. Frank's his first name, I think. But yeah, Vander something. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, they send them down to have a look at the safe. And old um, Dieter, this bit I thought was quite funny, actually, because he's like, oh, there's like pressurised floor and there's traps and everything. So we need to obviously find a way to get through safely. So old um, Frank, he heads back upstairs and he comes down with a little sat truck with a fucking zombie on it, doesn't he? He's oh, trying like, to get yeah, like this zombies to walk forward onto these pressure plates and they don't do it at first. So then, the what? He, he, he microwaves a hand, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really good. Yeah, he comes down with a second one and he microwave. I was like, "What's he putting a hand in the microwave for?" And then he chucks it and lures a zombie onto the fucking booby trap, doesn't he? I thought that was really clever. Yeah, yeah, I did like that. And again, that's something that's so stupid. It must have been like from fucking Dead Rising or something. Mm, yeah, but there's like these three traps, and the first one is I think it's like some blow darts. It's like Indiana Jones, like fucking yeah. blow darts coming out the wall. Um, and then the next one is like machine guns. And then the third one is like the wall just closes in. It's really elaborately over the top and stupid. But you kind of, it didn't bother me because I was like, yeah, this is the kind of stupidness I like in these sort of movies. It doesn't take itself too seriously here. Yeah, it completely crushes this zombie. And then the doors open and sort of all the crushed zombie gets sort of pulled apart. Then it? it looks like fucking chewing gum when you sort of pull a big lump of chewing gum, doesn't it? And yeah. Like... But yeah, I thought it was quite funny because the, the blow darts, he's like, oh, is that it? Then the second one, the machine gun goes off and he's like, oh, that's it then. Well, that was all right. And then he just walks into this fucking crusher where the walls just crushed this thing. I thought that was really good. Did make me chuckle. Yeah. No, it was a fun little sequence. And then while they're doing this, um, the rest of them are kind of like Big Dave. He's up on the roof with um, the pilot, I think Peters, and a Marianne Peters for her and it's like this raggedy old I don't know if it's supposed to be like a lynx or something but it's fucking haggard it's been sat there for god knows how long and she's like oh right now I need to obviously try and get this fixed up and working and again it is the tiniest helicopter isn't it it's like there's Mm. no way they're going to get all of them and obviously the amount of cash that we see later into this fucking helicopter no they've been lucky to get one person and all that money in there because they've all got fucking bags and stuff haven't they to fill with cash I mean 200 million is a lot of cash I've seen Breaking Bad I know how much fucking cash that is. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly haven't seen it in my life anyway. <laughs> so while this is going on, this is where it kind of breaks out a little bit. So you kind of see everyone's kind of got their own agenda. 
So you've got the guys doing the safe. Big Dave is obviously overseeing the helicopter. And then you've got Coyote and Martin. Now, they've they've obviously come to some kind of arrangement or they've got some kind of plan because they're outside trying to lure the um the the witch one back, isn't, aren't they? I can't remember how they yeah. do it. He sends them out to the perimeter, doesn't he? He says, can you go and guard the perimeter? One thing I did like as well is when old uh, Dieter sees a safe, he gets a right boner, doesn't he? He's like, oh, oh. He gets really excited because it's like a yeah. fucking proper hard safe to crack. And it's obviously his fucking holy grail, isn't it? Yeah. It's always oh, a triple time long safe or something like that. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the fuck he's supposed to sound like. But yeah, he's getting out. Like you say, he's getting a proper fucking schnitzel on over it or something. So, and then, um, yeah. oh, maybe boy, isn't it? Old, um, oh, what's the name? Vanderhoe, Frank. He's like, are you sure you can crack this man? Because these two are kind of, he doesn't believe like um, Dieter's like worth being on the, the team does he like at the start it's quite funny because he's like mm. he's like i've never that i don't do violence or anything he's like you're going into a zombie area you need to do something violent so he thinks he's a waste of space but they kind of form a friendship in this particular scenario yeah they do um dave has a little heart to heart with kate around here as well telling her about why he killed her mum and stuff and everything and he wants to make things up to her doesn't he, he has a bit of a an emotional moment which kind of is offset by the comedy of the old uh, zombie getting mushed in the doors and stuff. So you kind of got a few, like I said, a few things going on at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, there is quite a lot. And it is good that they took the time to try and flesh out some of these characters. I still think, like, they should have just focused on one or two of the stories because with so many characters, a lot of these things get fleshed out and nothing really comes of it. But, yeah, the bit with um, Kate and Skull, like Dave, I thought was pretty good because he's like, you know, you hate me because I obviously had to kill your mum and she's like no I don't hate you for that I understand that I hated it because you you left afterwards and you didn't call me and you know I didn't know there was no connection between us I thought you'd abandoned me so it was like kind of mm. like just offset they were both dealing with their emotions and didn't speak to each other and time went by and they just grew apart so I thought the way it was handled and the dialogue between them was pretty good yeah, it was. Yeah, like I said at the start, um, I thought he acted quite well because he, he can play the dumb sort of tough guy. That's I'm not saying that's easy to do, but that's more of his character. But he did show a bit of an emotional side as well, which I thought was really good. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Um, so, but obviously he's trying to tell Kate, I know you're in here looking for your friend, but it's unlikely you're going to find her. Which kind of sets up something stupid she does a bit later on. Mm. So... We're back down with the safe now, and um, this bit's quite funny. It actually made me chuckle because Dieter's, I, I think, a fraction away from like cracking the safe, and then they all come down in the elevator. And he's like, "Yo, what's going on?" And he completely flips <laughs> out, doesn't he? And he's like, "Silence! I need silence into house or something like that." It's like, you know, yeah. I was a second away from doing this, and if you interrupt me again and I cock it up, this thing locks forever. So you need complete silence in the hallway. Yeah, he's got one last chance to do it, hasn't he? Otherwise, it, they're fucked. It's locked forever. We do get a little offset scene here as well where we see Gita, which is Kate's friend and old um, Chief Zombie Boy's got her and a couple of others hasn't he holed up in a room so she is still alive but obviously they don't know that they haven't seen her yet but it sort of cuts away to her and she I, I don't understand why he's got them in a room why hasn't he turned them or what I don't really get that it was just a little scene with them her and two others in a room but shows she's still alive I guess yeah yeah because obviously that's that's part of kate's story isn't it she wants to come here and find her mm. friend um that's why she's in there but yeah the, the whole zombie thing the smart zombie thing kind of irritated me a bit because it's like you're showing they're smart but you're not showing why they're smart or you're not really <laughs> yeah. explaining what it is they're doing it's just okay these zombies are clever apparently or at least some of them are but there's nothing behind that it's just okay so the, what they're smarter than other zombies what 
what's that doing for the movie? What are you telling us here? It's just, it just seemed thrown in there with no kind of like backbone to it. Yeah, it did. And really, they didn't sort of show that they were smart. They just showed that they were faster and different to normal zombies. But they didn't really show a smart side, did they? I didn't think. No, I mean, he's a little bit intelligent. Like, he does something later on that I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm. But once we've seen that, we see um, old Martin and Coyote, and they capture the witch um, zombie. I think they take out the other one. And then old yeah, Martin's, yeah. like, cutting her head off, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he kind of fires his... I don't know if it's a gun or something, and it kind of ties her up. It's got, like, I don't know, wires, and it ties her up. And then he gets a fucking wire and just cuts her head off just slices through it like cheese wire yeah yeah he does like full-on like grot on her doesn't he and he's like fucking yeah. chanking it down um and he puts her head in a bag i think he wants it because he says something goes proper like resident evil here like you know we, we can use this to make like viral weapons or like have like yeah. on the black market you can make like your own zombie army or something so he's obviously taking her head for the dna that's it's his complete. kind of end game Yes, complete um, Resident Evil stroke Burke again thing, isn't it? We're going to take this back and use it. The company want it. So it's like, there we go. There's there's your Burke moment. Also, we find out there's a little cut scene where I think they're watching the news because Dave's got the power back on in the hotel at this time. He manages to get the power back on and there's a TV show in the news and we find the uh, president's moved the nuclear bomb forward 24 hours. So they've got even shorter time scale now to get out, haven't they? Yeah, because originally when the bomb was going to drop, they said it would be on the 4th of July, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. And the reasoning forward. behind that, yeah, the reasoning behind they wanted to move it so it doesn't obviously offend someone. I think there's a really flimsy reason for them having to move the bomb forward 24 hours. So now, now they're <laughs> on the clock now, aren't they? Because they've got like, I think it's like three hours from this point yeah. of them finding out that they need to obviously crack the safe and then get in the helo and get the fuck out of there, basically. Yeah, they haven't got long at all now. It's because it's Independence Day, isn't it? July the fourth, so they didn't. I think they didn't want it to clash with that. I believe. I can't remember. But yeah, they've moved it forward twenty-four hours. Anyways, the crux of that. See, one thing here again is it doesn't really explain it because obviously Big Dave and a couple of them they're upstairs watching the telly, but Dieter and Frank they're still downstairs with the safe. And then we cut to them, and Frank's like, "Oh, we need to get a move on because we've only got a couple of hours." It's like, how do you know that? There's no fucking TV down here, and Matey Boy wants complete silence. So how have you magically <laughs> found out that there's now only three hours left, and no one's come down and told you? Yeah, in fact, it's one hour, one hour twenty minutes. I've got here in my notes, so that's not long at all. And um, we get a little scene now where we've got the crazy big zombie dude, and he's on a fucking zombie horse, isn't he? <laughs> and he, yeah. he he finds the body of um, I'm assuming it's his girlfriend, wife, whatever, because they're kind of they have a bit of a moment don't they where they sort of almost kiss to a certain extent he's not particularly happy when he finds a headless body is he no he kicks off because they also hint that she might be pregnant as well because he i swear at one point oh, he, yes. hu- he like hugs her he puts his ear to her belly like it doesn't she doesn't have like a bump or anything but it does indicate that yeah maybe she is pregnant so maybe they are having a baby like the old-fashioned way um, no, there is there is a bit later on bread roll in my notes which i'll get to i'm sure yeah there is so she is pregnant. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she is. But so obviously I'm assuming it would have been his baby. I didn't know zombies could have babies, but there we go. These are different zombies anyway. So, but um, old Dieter manages to crack the safe now pretty much, doesn't he? And they so they've got one hour and 20 minutes to get out and they start fucking about with the money in another sort of slow-mo bit. And I'm like, you need to get in and get out, guys. You haven't got time to start throwing this money about. Yeah. 
yeah, it's a bit stupid. And one bit I forgot to mention, because this is one of the kind of theories that's going on. Um, when they first enter the, the, the safe bit, and they obviously, before they send a zombie down there to disarm the traps, they see a load of dead bodies, and there's this whole thing mm. about, oh, these people could be us. And it kind of shoots to all the corpses, and they're all dressed exactly the same as this lot, aren't they? Like one of them's yes. wearing the same necklace as the pilot. One of them's obviously got this big fucking hula shirt on that one of them's wearing. One of them's obviously dressed up like Big Dave minus the spandex. Um, <laughs> so they're all there, and that kind of puts a little like thing on. It's like, what are these are people? What have Tanaka's been sending people in over and over, and no one can get it right? And then when they fail and the city blows up, it just resets time. I think mm. it's Frank who says that, and it's really weird because like, are you actually telling us this is the plot? Or you just like is in character being a bit weird, yeah, and that's just like something that? that kind of gets left in there, doesn't it? It doesn't get explained, but it's put yeah. there to make you think. Yeah, there's a few little bits like that where you don't really get the full SP of what's going on, and this is actually the bit now. I'm just looking at my notes. Old um, Chief Zombie, we'll call him, just for argument's sake, or I'll call him. He takes the body of the witchy zombie back to the hotel, and he, he pulls a little baby out. He, he rips her out, a little baby out of her. Like, I, don't, I think it's dead, like a little zombie fetus. It's fucking horrible. So, yeah, yeah, yeah cause it's blue, pregnant. isn't it? It kind of looks like yeah. it's glowing almost. Yeah, so she was pregnant. I knew I knew there was a point it's somewhere where there's a little baby, and it's, it's literally in the bit we're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should have watched it last night instead of last week. <laughs> I've just made better <laughs> notes, but yeah, you're right. Because again, this, cause there's zombies in a minute, and they've got blue eyes. They look like fucking white walkers from game of thrones i know you don't watch that but some of our listeners might know what i'm trying to explain and when the baby's glowing blue again that made me think obviously they put this time loop theory in there then it's like so is this king zombie the result of some, an actual alien something or other so obviously they hint at like um area 51 at the start don't they when they're hauling the cargo before he escapes so is it like is there yeah. aliens in here is it a time travel movie it's like all this random shit is just kind of thrown in there and just not explained <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there is a lot going on, a lot of theories you could take out of this, and um, maybe that's what he was getting at. I don't know. But we, we get a little moment now between um, Dave, and I can't remember her name. You'll have to correct me or put me right. The the main woman he's brought with him, she says she's come here because of him, doesn't she? And they, they have a bit of a romantic moment. Yeah, Chambers, I think her name is. I want to, I want to say it's Chambers. But yeah, I quite like this thing, because she was on his team originally from that... Mm opening montage wasn't she she's one of like his crew she so was the first person he went to well frank and her were the two first people and they were the people he offered obviously the the 15 mil to they were the, his main people weren't they yeah yeah i like this missing bit. as well at this point and she, she's fucked off <laughs> yeah see this this kind of pissed me off because i knew she was going to be a bit of a knob as a character she was going to do something stupid because it made no sense that he would let her come in there in the first mm. place, considering he knows what he's going in there and he's up against. But she fucks off to go and find her friends. Now she's missing. Old King Zombie, or Chief Zombie, whatever we're calling him, he's fucking attacking the, the hotel. So they're fighting him off. There's a pretty good action sequence in there up on the um like the foyer. Like Dave's yes, like beating the shit out of him and he looks like he's about to get fucking killed at one point, but they have this massive gunfight against these zombies. And I thought that was really well shot. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, and I think it featured heavily in the trailer again. But yeah, good action sequence. And Kate, Kate's gone outside and she's just hiding in this like burnt out car, isn't she? And I'm like, what the fuck's that going to do, really? Well, yeah, because like the doors and everything are off of it. It's like, I know they're zombies, <laughs> but you know, they'll fucking see you. You're pretty much just stood there dressed in regular clothes. You're not blending in. 
Yeah. And then um, Dave now has noticed that Kate's gone missing. So him and uh, what's her name are going to go after and try and find her. And then she gets killed, didn't she? Which I thought was a bit of a shock. I thought that, yeah. they were, you know, that she was going to survive to the end and be the sort of romance. But no, not at all. Yeah, I, I actually quite like this. And again, it's a good bit of acting, both from obviously Dave and um, the woman, uh, Samantha Wynn. I think if, if it is Chambers, that's um, the actress who plays her. And she's like saying, you know, you think I came here for the money? Because they're like panicking now. They're like, you know, we're going to struggle to get all this money out of it because we're starting to lose people. And she's mm. like, I'm not here for the money. I, I came for you. And they kind of, like you say, they're having a moment. They stood like sort of like face to face. They're about to kiss. And suddenly the elevator opens and the zombie just fucking turns her head like, all the way around, doesn't it? And, like snaps yeah. at her neck, and her spine comes out of, like the side of her fucking neck, isn't that? And he's just stood there, like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then yeah. it all just kicked off again. Was not expecting that at all. I have to say that was a. I wouldn't, it wasn't a jump moment at all because it wasn't a shock in that respect. But certainly was a, a shock. I was like, "Oh, I didn't didn't expect you to die," and certainly not like there where. But then I guess it kind of it does do that in films quite a lot where it sets up a. You think, "Oh, there's going to be a romantic scene here," and then someone croaks it unfortunately but dave goes fucking nuts at this point doesn't he just starts unloading into loads of zombies yeah and again this is good because the emotion in his face again Mm. is really genuine like he looks like he's i say just lost the love of his life for the second time and he's like say just fucking going completely mental and killing them all and they have this massive fight down the corridor and i think this is um because old martin he's outside and he gets eaten by the tiger doesn't he yeah, him and Koyate are having a bit of a thing outside there. I think, um, well, obviously he's told her he wants to take this queen zombie head back and stuff and everything. So they're having a bit of a bit of an argument outside. And yeah, the old tiger um, sort of takes him away in proper cat style as well. You know, the way cats play with things. It's chucking him about and that, isn't it? And like biting him and tossing him around. And it just fucking bites his head off. Yeah, that was fucking gnarly as well. Yeah, you sort of like see it. He's on his back and you sort of see the side shot and the tiger crunches down and like those are fucking blood and brains pour out mm. everywhere this movie is pretty full-on i think overall apart from the weird blurry stuff i mean schneider's good anyway but i think the way it's shot mostly is good and the effects are pretty good as well yeah yeah they are i agree yeah i thought it looked really good and it is pretty bloody in places definitely and frank has a bit of a fight with the old big bad boss here and i think he's about to um about to croak it when dieter and frank save him um, and then, um, isn't it this where um, Frank gets thrown into the safe? Dieter throws him into the safe and locks him in, doesn't he? Which I thought, why has he, he done that? And obviously, it pans out at the end. But I was like, why the fuck's he thrown him in there? I wasn't really thinking the reason behind it. But obviously, there was quite a logical reason. Well, yeah, because Dieter, he manages to shoot a zombie, doesn't he, eventually? Mm. And he's like, oh, you know, I've done it. I've, I've finally killed a zombie and not proven that he's not a coward or anything like that. Um, but yeah, Frank, because I thought... Um, Frank was going to sacrifice himself to save Dieter, but it's the other way around, isn't it? You think, oh, the big action man, they've formed this unlikely hero, now he's going to sacrifice himself. And then Dieter just launches him into the fucking safe, and he's closing it slowly, and then he he gets munched. Um, Big Dave. Another slow motion scene. When he sucks Frank in, it's in slow motion, obviously, just to get the dramatic effect. And yeah, old Dieter gets chomped by the, the chief zombie, doesn't he? Yeah. So now... Yes, yeah, so we've got Frank, he's in the safe, so at least he is safe. Dieter's <laughs> yeah. been munched, so so is most other people. Now, um, Big Dave, he runs up to the roof, pretty much, and tells the pilot that, you know, we need to go and find my daughter because she's being a twan, she's run off. Um, <laughs> so they go flying across to the Olympus, and the helicopter's literally exploding, isn't it? Like 
every time yes, she tries is. to turn it on or do something, it's like fucking crapping out. Yeah, so they crap, barely yeah. make it across. <laughs> um, so he lands on there and he goes in and then we cut back to the hotel. And this bit was weird as well. It seemed really pointless. And another, everything involved in this hotel seems to be pointless. <laughs> but the daughter's running around. Her friend and the other women she's with are still in this weird room. But then Theo Rossi's character, who's now zombified, but an intelligent yeah. one, is stalking her. But he achieves nothing, does he? Like, he attacks her, and then he just fucking dies a really flimsy death. So it's like, well, what was the point in that? Yeah, it was a bit weird. He did, yeah, like I say, he comes back, but there doesn't seem to be much point in him coming back. It's almost like they've cut a scene out that should have been in there. I know we talk about this quite a lot, but yeah, it did seem a bit flimsy, really, and a bit pointless. Yeah, so then they all kind of, I suppose, reunite. Uh, Big Day finds his daughter and she's her friend and stuff. Then they start running to the roof where the pilot is. And this is an aliens moment. You've got to say this was an aliens moment because he lands and he's (laughs) like, don't fuck me over. You wait on this roof and wait for me to come back. And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I will. He runs in, all that shit happens. They come out and the helicopter's gone, isn't it? And it's just yep. like Ripley and Newt coming out of the elevator and standing on the platform and Bishop's fucked off. Straight away, I was like, this is aliens again. I've got it in my notes, Bishop moment, because it is totally that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And they're sort of waiting for someone to come through the door. And then um, the big, like, chief zombie, because he's got Coyote with her at this moment. I forgot about this. Yes. Um, he's got Coyote at one point, And then the chief kills Coyote. Um, but then the chief's like wearing this bloody like helmet, isn't he? Like yeah, proven that again, he's a bit more intelligent. He's got this kind of like metal mask, so they can't shoot him in the head. Yeah, it's a bit strange, like a medieval thing almost, a little Viking or so. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but obviously he's got his zombie horse as well, so he's down with that sort of look, isn't he? He is, yeah. Like in, whatever he is, he's he is a bit tough. He's a big dude. Ever, whoever's playing him is fucking massive. He's big. He's taller than Dave. Yeah, he is. He's fucking huge. Yeah, I don't know whether they, that was a bit of post as well to make him bigger. But yeah, he's a big old dude, isn't he? Yeah. So they kind of have a massive fight. And they, well, they look like they're about to have a fucking fight. Coyote's now dead. Um, and she drops the witch head off the building and it kind of just explodes, which pisses, pisses the chief off. And then the, the bishop moment Sorry. happens. I was just about to say, the way he kills her, he chucks his spear, doesn't he? And he goes through her and nails her to the wall, which I thought was pretty gnarly. Yeah, but one bit, like, he's, he's up close to her and he looks like he's about to bite her and then it cuts away and I'm like, well, she hasn't died on screen, so is she dead or is something going to come of this? But nothing mm. comes of it, obviously, spoiler alert for anyone. Mm. Um, but I just thought that was a bit strange. It's like, you haven't shied away from gore and grisly death scenes, but you haven't shown her actually die, but you don't do anything with her later. Yeah, because even when she drops the head, um, it explodes. That was pretty gruesome, wasn't it? It just sort of splats like a fucking pancake on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty grim. Um, so, yeah, this is the Bishop moment. They think they're stuck on this um, sort of port and they're about to be killed. And then you hear the sound of the helicopter rotors and she rises up behind them. So they jump onto the helicopter. Then old Chief Zombie, he runs and he jumps on with them. So him and Dave are having this big fucking fist fight in the back they've of the chopper. The well. yeah. there's, there's fuck all money now. That's all gone. So it literally is about survival now. Money's the least of their worries at this point. Yeah, yeah. all they want to do is just get out of there because the clock's ticking and the missile's coming in. And there's a really cool shot coming up, I think. Um, so Dave's fighting this big fucking zombie dude in the back and he's trying to shoot him, but the bullets, the zombie moves the gun and the pilot takes one in the shoulder. Mm. So the chopper's kind of going down 
and then it all goes in more slow motion, which won't yeah. shock anyone. <laughs> but then you see a shot of the fucking um, the missile, the nuke coming across the sky, and you kind of see it going across and like reflected in the um, the visor or like the front of the helicopter. And I thought that shot was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, the the fight between old Chief and uh, Dave's pretty pretty brutal as well because he breaks Dave's arm, doesn't he? And the bone comes out like fucking the fly last week or the week before. Yeah. Sorry, it's quite quite gnarly. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Cause I thought Dave was going to croak it because I was. It's one of those mm. movies you watch and you think, right? So who's going to survive? Um, you know how, and then you're sort of trying to think, you know, how are they going to die? Is he going to sacrifice himself or something for his daughter? Um, but yeah, I thought, yeah, maybe you know, Dave's either going to grab him and they're both going to fall out of the helicopter or something. But in the end, he pulls his mask off and <laughs> again, another slow motion <laughs> shot. But the it looks pretty cool. Like he shoots the bullet and it slowly goes through the air and splits the guy's the zombie's head like wide open, doesn't it? And I thought that was yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah, I like that. I thought it looked really good and that we've sort of moaned about the slow-mo a bit, but I thought that was one bit where it's probably deserved because he was the sort of big bad, so he, he needed a quite gnarly death, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, So then the nuke lands, blows up Vegas, and the shockwave kind of erupt, obviously upsets the helicopter and they end up crashing, the pilot dies, um, what's her name's friend I think is dead at this point so at this point it's just Dave and his daughter that are left and in the aftermath they both crawl out or the daughter does and she's looking for him and then he's like hunched against the wreckage of the helicopter now he's starting to turn into a zombie isn't he and she's kind mm. of like yeah. has to kill him so there's a kind of heartbreaking moment I suppose it is where she obviously then has to kill him even though they've only just reconciled and survived but um, when he's transforming or like turning into a zombie, I thought he acted that pretty well as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he gives her some money as well, doesn't he? And says, look after Gita's kids. And he gives her, I mean, it's probably a few thousand there. No, nowhere near the millions they should have had. But um, yeah, he gives her like a, a nice little wad of cash. But it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because we've talked about the fly and the thing in the last couple of weeks. And I kind of thought the end of this was a cross between the two in a way. Because you've got the emotional bit here where she's got to kill her dad, and that was like old uh, Gina Davis shooting Jeff Goldblum in a way. And then you kind of get the end, which I thought was kind of thing like, which will come on the actual proper ending, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. Yeah. And I will say, um, as much as CGI effects, especially gore effects, can annoy me, I think there was a good chunk of decent effects in this like mm. a lot of practical ones as well by the looks of it obviously there was some cgi like when doodah's head split open but i think just the way the movie was shot that the actual effects were pretty good they didn't look ropey or they didn't look all shiny like most cgi does yeah i thought it looked good and probably helped out by the fact there was quite a lot of blood as well because i think with some of the mcu stuff where it is quite well it's very pg it does time kind of over saturate the gloss and the shine doesn't it whereas this was a bit more full-on and like dirty almost if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely had that like sort of film grain effect didn't mm. it? that really kind of like like you say dirty and gritty yes yeah, good shout so obviously she's had to shoot big dave now and then she goes off and i think we see her going and collecting the two kids don't we yeah and then like a chinooka rides a big fucking helicopter and i don't i'm assuming did that pick her up i didn't really know what the point of that was because that's kind of the end of her, isn't it? <laughs> Don't see her again. Yeah, yeah, I think, I assume it is, yeah. It just seems like a bit of a rushed ending, because what happens next is just a bit odd, because we cut it's back to odd. now, <laughs> yeah, cuts back to, like, inside Vegas, like where there's, like, in obviously the ruin, 
And suddenly out of like, I don't know where, like a storm drain or something, old Frank pulls himself out, doesn't he? The one who was thrown into the safe. And it's got like three massive bags of cash. <laughs> well, what year one, how did he get out of the safe? How did he obviously find his way out of the wreckage? And not being funny, he'd die of nuclear radiation, surely. Yeah, of course he would, yeah. It's quite, quite ironic, though. He got zombie by the Cranberries playing, haven't you, as he comes out. I thought that was quite quite a good little touch, because I like that song anyway. As he comes out of the ground, the, the zombie's playing. Well, that's quite good. Yeah. Again, I, was, I don't know if it was a Cranberry version, though, was it? I think it was never one of those dodgy covers. I think covers, it was. But... No, I think, I think like, I looked at the soundtrack. I think it was an acoustic version. It wasn't the proper, like, released version. I think it was an acoustic version they did. But I think it was actually them. Oh, fair. That's cool. Yeah, because that is obviously a bit, of a bit of a classic song, isn't it? Mm, it is. But yeah, he, he pulls himself out and like, somehow manages to survive, you know, obviously being locked in a safe, climbing through rubble and walking through nuclear radiation. <laughs> then he manages to find himself in some random airport with these three big bags of cash and he just puts loads on. This woman's like, oh, you can't rent that plane. Um, it's private. It's a private and he puts, plane, yeah. And he puts, oh, I don't know how much it is. It's going to be like a fucking million dollars or something down. And she obviously changes her mind. It's and then he's on this... Though. The state of him, he's like all fucking cut up and everything. He's got bags full of cash. He thinks you might be a bit like, who the fuck are you? And call security, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't look like, <laughs> you know, fucking, well, say a trustworthy person at this stage, does he? Not really. Um, not with fucking massive, great big holders full of cash as well. You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so he's on this this jet and he, like, he's having some champagne with the stewardesses and he's trying to get them to have a drink of him. And then he sort of stands up and then he starts to stumble and they're like, oh, maybe, you know, we should put the plane down and get you looked at. And he's like, no, no, I'm just going to go and freshen up in the bathroom and I'll be all right. And he goes into the bathroom and he's like wetting his face and he looks in the mirror. Then he notices he's got a bite mark on his arm. And it just kind of ends with him looking at his bite mark, then looking <laughs> at himself in the mirror and be like, oh, all right then. And that's pretty it's, much it. Yeah, he, that's fucking weird, isn't it? He goes in there and he sees his bite. The captain announces they're about to land in New Mexico, which I'm not sure is any part of, you know, that important. He just looks in the mirror and goes, fuck. And then it finishes. And I'm like, okay, that was a very strange ending. I mean, we've had some strange endings recently, but that was up there with them, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, this film felt a little bit like it was supposed to be a series. Mm. I know they've already said that they might do like a prequel to it now because it's been obviously quite successful, but it just felt like a few bits just didn't really make sense as to why they're in there. And they didn't give you enough to really allow you to make a conclusion of what they were hinting at. So yeah, it's just really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it wasn't terrible. So shall we, um, shall we give it some scores, Bedroll? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll let you go first for this one. Cause I'm interested because you've watched it more recently <laughs> than me. <laughs> you always make me go first. I don't mind going first though. Okay. What can I say? Um, obviously, Zack Snyder, there was a bit too much slow-mo, you know, we know, it's almost like, I mean, I used to DJ, still do a little bit here and there, not out, obviously, because we're not allowed to go out anymore, and it's almost like when I find a fucking new effect on my mixer, and I'm like, ooh, new filter effect, it's almost like he's found the slow-mo button and just thinks I need to make that everywhere I can, but, you know, he's done it in every one of his films, so obviously he likes it, and it does work in places, um, it was a bit too long, I think. It was fleshed out a bit, and everyone knows I'm not a massive fan of hugely long movies. But, I, I, you know, it didn't feel terribly long, but I think it could have been a bit shorter. Um, it looked good, as we've said. The CGI, I thought, was good. But it does on most modern films now. 
Um, the one thing I will say, we've reviewed some real classics recently, haven't we? And I enjoyed this last night, but I don't think we'll be talking about this in 20 years' time, like the films we've talked about recently. You know, some of those are 40 years old and we're still talking about them now. You know, I, I don't even know of any films I've seen in the last five years that we'll be talking about in 40 years' time. Maybe The Joker. But anyway, I'm going to give it three others because I enjoyed it. Um, but I reckon in 20 years' time, it'll probably be a one other film. Um, so there we go. What about yourself, Fred Roll? No, it's, it's a really interesting um, sort of breakdown that you did there. And yeah, I was I was actually thinking the exact same thing about what you said there. Like, yeah, it's fun by modern day standards, which obviously aren't great at the best of times. It's good to see a movie that is a bit more in your face, a bit more gore heavy. You know, it's, it kind of has a lot of elements that I like about it, like the 80s and 90s action movies. Mm. But again, it's also got a lot of those modern tropes that kind of ruin things slightly. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's a fun movie to watch. It's available on Netflix. So, yeah, loads of people have watched it. And it's, you know, it's a good couple of hours of your time. But like you say, in 20 years time, probably not even 10 years time, I don't think this movie's going to be in, you know, the same conversations as like The Thing, The Fly, Alien, stuff like that. No. Um, that being said, overall, I did like it. I think, like I said earlier, I think there was too many characters and it tried to be a little bit too clever by putting in like this time loop thing and then doing the whole intelligent zombies but not explaining why they're intelligent were they aliens the whole baby zombie thing that never went anywhere like all this stuff just felt like if you just stripped all that out and just focused on making it a really good heist movie featuring zombies it would have just been a lot better um but big dave is a good actor i quite like him i've got a soft spot for him from back in the day when i used to watch wrestling so i'm going to give it three others as well i think i, I did think about giving it four but it's not something if it comes out on blu-ray which not all Netflix stuff does. I can't see myself buying it. And not being funny, I can't see myself rushing to watch it again, even on Netflix. You know, I might watch it in a few years' time, perhaps. But other than that, mm. I don't really... The movie doesn't really, like, sing to me. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a kick-ass action movie. I need to watch it again and again. It might be one I just flick on here and there, but it's not going to be a classic. Yeah, totally agree. Good stuff, Brad Roll. I mean, my dad asked me last night, he said, is it worth me watching? I said, yeah, it's worth a watch, definitely, if you want to just... Uh, you know switch off for two and a half hours but like you said there and like we sort of talked about as we were going through it some of the bits were almost almost like he had ideas and didn't know what where to go or what to do with them but he just left them in the film like the whole time loop stuff and all that didn't need to be in there did it really not really no and maybe because obviously him he was like oh yeah i'm gonna make a big fucking four-hour movie and flesh all this out and someone in netflix like no two and a half hours mate come on um and then like you say he had all these ideas that got like I say, ultimately maybe stripped out or maybe just put them in there to try and just keep people thinking, but they didn't give you enough to think about. It was just kind of flash in the pan stuff, but yeah, yeah it was interesting. I'm glad to see movies like that still being made because like I say, they are popcorn action movies that are quite fun and they're full on as well. It's not all that toned down action. It is pretty in your face. You can't deny it, but yeah, it's yeah. not going to be one that's going to be, like you say, going to be sung about in years to come. I don't think. No, not at all, unless we see a four-hour, you know, Zack Snyder cut of it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, good stuff, Bread Roll. And uh, we've we've totally been up to date with that one. We don't even know what we're doing next week yet, do we? No, no, it might be something new. It might be something old. It might be one of the fucking weird, obscure ones that we've got on our <laughs> list because we have got plenty more of them. But, um, as always, let us know what you think of the... I know we kind of blundered our way through this doing modern ones, but let us know what you think of the, the show. Get get in touch with us on Twitter at hyperbaric or hyperbaric the 
or Hyperbaric Goats on Twitter. And um, let us know what sort of movies you like to hear us review. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we try and answer everything and follow back if people follow us. Just one last thing before we go. This has got 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is probably about fair. I mean, it hasn't had many reviews yet. It's only been out a week or so. But I think that's probably about right from them as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely worth a watch, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, good score for Rotten Tomatoes. It'd be interesting to see what the numbers are like. I did try looking before the podcast, uh, before we recorded, to see how, what sort of viewer score, like how many people streamed it within the first day or something. Um, I think it did well. I think it's had a lot of streams. I mean, Netflix were probably pushing it. It was popping up on loads of stuff I was watching the trailer. Yeah, it's been heavily pushed. Um, so it'd be interesting to see maybe if like after the first week, which is tomorrow at time of recording, they'll release, you know, this is how many views this week. I'm sure it did pretty damn well. But if you've uh, enjoyed the episode, as I say, get in touch and we hope you enjoy listening and we appreciate everyone that tunes in and puts up with us. And this is Bread Rolls <laughs> signing off. And this is JT just saying, you all keep talking about the city like it's their prison. It's not. It's their kingdom. <laughs>